episode of Money Lab. I'm your host, Matt Disco Explosion, Jim and EC, and today we are talking to our friend Caleb Wojcik about developing and selling a physical product, like a real deal product. Joining me is the founder of ListenMoneyMatters.com and the co-host of the Listen Money Matters podcast, Andrew Fiebert. Hey man, how's business? I actually, it's been a I week. Ju- you always, you already forgot what I do. <laughs> I, I I tripped up because I actually don't have that written down in front of me. So I had to remember. Andrew, to go by who does something? I'm sure he does something. Yep. Uh, what's your name again? John. John Drew. John Drew. Liebert. That's right. I remember. Liebert. I just didn't have it. It wasn't on the thing. So I was just I got tripped up. I'm uh, a, but I'm I'm a consummate mm. prof- professional that I remembered it. And I, That's I, right. I, I knew exactly the fact that you so. remembered who I was and, and yeah. what I've been doing is yeah. really a testament to your memory. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. I know that's not sarcasm. I know that you truly mean that. We're not sarcastic on the East Coast. Of course at we're not. All. At all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how's business? It's good, dude. I uh, I spent the morning talking with a lawyer. Cool. For lawyer things, mm-hmm. um, which I which That's I talked to you about, it yeah. feels like things are moving forward. It feels good. Yeah. So I mean, I guess should we say? Huh. Yeah, we're 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 working together on yeah. lasso. It's yeah. a thing. That that last episode where we were talking about should we? Yeah, it was it was not very long after that where I was I had a conversation with Steph, and she was like, "Dude, it's inevitable." Okay. I, I, I think immediately texted awesome. you. I was like, I'm in. Whatever you, whatever you got to do. Handshake emoji. Whatever. Yeah. We had another chat. Ironed out like really nothing. And no. uh, yeah. But we, yeah, we basically, you sent me an email that was like, we're going to do this the good old fashioned, you know, S- Silicon Valley startup way of, of forming the company and, and doing the, you know, vesting schedules and all kinds of we, terms that I had to learn about this week. And then when uh, well, I was going to say that the, the docs that Stripe provide or Stripe Atlas yeah. provides that anyone can read are mind blowingly awesome. Like if and you want to do, they were very easy to read. Yeah. Like they were actually kind of in like an enjoyable, like writing style. And which I, I think most by. of the ones I sent to you were written by lawyers. So that you saying that is already great praise to, I know. Yeah. Yeah, it was like very like it made me understand it, and I felt comfortable, and I was like, okay, like I'm not gonna try to re. And they think they even said, don't try to reinvent the wheel with how you structure your company. Like reinvent the wheel in your product, but like just follow the rules, man. And I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'll I'll leave it up to the pro- you know the professionals, and um, just hope it goes well. And as long as you and I are on the same page throughout the process, then it's like, what you know, it's all you can ask for, really. So, exactly, and like if it worked for Dropbox and Google and whomever, like we're, yeah. we're probably not that special. Yeah, we're pretty good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's that's the big update, I guess, because that's what businesses for me. I launched my course uh, for some university on Monday, uh, and I am been working on Lasso. Been doing and the, like the code work. Pace is intensifying. Just, yeah. What's intensifying? The pace. Like the pace, I thought you said cases. I was like, yeah, and then I was like, wait, what do you mean by that? <laughs> cases of beer, right? Oh, intensifying so much. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's. I don't want to. I mean, I'm I'm still taking my time with it, but I've been getting a further ahead than I thought I would get in two days. It's like <laughs> uh, I did a lot of work in two days, so I was like, all right, this is fun. I mean, I can sit on my computer, just code it up, learn and get again. Mm. So, I guess fuck me, but also whatever. <laughs> so before we get started today, because we're you know we're actually going to talk to Caleb. Mm-hmm. We recorded the interview separately. So I'm going to, we're just doing this as a uh, intro and then uh, pantsless we'll, in- intro, a pants. We're doing a pantsless intro, the first ever. Right. And right. Right. <laughs> it is for me. Is yeah. It for you? Yeah, of course. You, how many episodes? I actually have you done rarely pantsless? wear pants when I talk to you. Oh. Thank God for Skype. <laughs> okay. So, mm. so uh, uncomfortable silence. Yeah. And then we're going to, you know, after I get done all this, we'll have uh, Caleb on. We talk to him. Mm. And then we'll wrap things up. So before we get started, before we press play on Caleb's, uh, our, our chat with Caleb, I want to talk about Money Lab Pro. You've been asking for it, and I finally made it. Money Lab Pro is a membership where you can access every single one of my online business courses and chat with me and other like-minded business owners in the members-only Money Lab Pro community. You'll also get access to my SEO, monetization, and blogging video courses, my YouTube and podcast video tutorials, my lightning fast WordPress theme, and so much more. I did the math, and Money Lab Pro includes over 155 over-the-shoulder video lessons and growing. Not to mention it includes access to templates, processes, and spreadsheets that I use to run all my online businesses. And like I mentioned before, Money Lab Pro also includes a members-only community where you can share your ideas and get expert feedback to help you earn more money with your online business. Go to moneylab.co slash pro right now to sign up. It's super affordable and there's no reason not to check it out. That's moneylab.co slash pro. Boom. Boom. All right, let's talk to Caleb. (laughs) The idea. I to and I'm gonna speculate because that's what I do. Go for it. Uh, so, so whose idea was it? Your, yours or Pat's? I was standing next to Pat when I first came up with the idea. So, were you really like Pat. looking for a vlog camera, a vlog tripod? Were you like, oh, the yeah, Toby I mean, isn't we working were, for me anymore? Yeah, I mean, I've had one for a while, and I've seen other people use them and just get frustrated by them. But I was at this, a conference thing, where right? they're. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And I was at a conference with a bunch of other people that were vlogging, and they all had the Gorilla Pod, and they had it bent in this weird shape, mm-hmm. and their cameras would like fall over when they tried to set it down. Yeah. And it was just something that had kind of bothered me when I used it before. And so I just kind of looked around, and I was like, to pass, like, there's got to be a better way. Like, there's got to be some way that you can make something that's just built for this specific purpose, just for vlogging. It's the perfect shape. It's the perfect grip. It switches to tripod mode really quickly. Yeah. Those were the kind of things that kind of came into my mind. And I'm the kind of person that, to my wife's chagrin, likes to complain about how things in the world like should work differently. Sure, like I, I, I really hate left-hand, right turn signals. Like if my light for going straight is green, like let me be the judge of if I should turn in front of oncoming traffic right. to survive or not. Right. And if I don't, you know, like Darwin's law or whatever, yeah, you know, like, yeah, Darwin, like, Awards. Darwin yeah. Awards. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you don't want to, 
Like I, I got taken. If there's an arrow, statistically, maybe most people don't survive. You know. <laughs> yeah, I just think like the yeah, I the, the left hand turn thing is fucking or right hand turn thing pisses me off. Or when they say no right hand turn on red, yeah, right? Just, like I can still like see if there's a pedestrian or there's a car coming, right? Or, you know those types. Of I've things. gotten tickets for that. Like at like yeah. like those light those lights that like flash because I turned right on red when I was when I wasn't allowed to. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, either make it allowed to or not allowed to. Or at nighttime when there's a red light and you're in the middle of nowhere and there's nobody around, right. you just go. like it should at least be a blinking red. Right. Like so, like all these little things mainly driving things apparently yeah. that like start to bother me travel things. uh yeah travel related things as well like how people board and get off of airplanes always frustrates me so it's like all these little things yeah. that i am annoyed by that i don't think i could actually influence and this was just something that i was like hey let's maybe try to do something about it but, and yeah it probably would have like been fleeting it would have like went right out of my mind and pat's mind and be like yep that's annoying move on yeah but uh, this guy named Richie Norton walked up and he's helped a bunch of other bloggers and entrepreneurs make physical products. And they have a team of people called product and they go to China and they get things manufactured and they have a lot of relationships over there. They worked with John Lee Dumas on getting some of his journals made. And so Pat knew of him already. And I told him the idea and Pat introduced us and he's like, let's do it. And I don't think without that kind of timing, oh, so it that was just ever happened. So that like confluence of a situation mm-hmm. led to that. All right, that makes sense. Then, yeah. I, then I, my assumption was basically wrong. So no, let me hear your full assumption. My then. assumption was just like you had the idea. Pat's like, I got some money. Let's just throw it at. Let's just do it. Let's just let's just go like full boat. How much is it going to cost? Half a million? Yeah. Let's just let's just put it into development. <laughs> let's hire some like you know. Let's go on Alibaba. Whatever. You know, find find something and keep reiterating. And then I I saw that you used, and I hate that I have to say this name out loud. Proudduct. Yep. Sorry. Like one of the things that <laughs> you know, things that annoy me, branding. Uh, <laughs> wish I could change, but I'm surprised that like I'm surprised. Well, one, I'm I'm surprised that you said that John Lee Dumas needed help from a company to develop a journal, and they needed to like get a made in China. <laughs> like, one, like I feel like that you can do that on like create space or whatever. Yeah. I think pricing wise, it was probably cheaper to get it custom made and like that Mm -hmm. sort of thing with, he had leather bounding and he wanted gold edges and that sort of thing. So still, I I feel like it was very custom. Okay. So, so this guy from this company was just there also like at the, Mm -hmm. at the time of like, Hey, you guys just had this idea. Like I can actually push this forward. Yeah. I mean, hell if that happened to me, I literally would have jumped on it. And I think that that momentum, like, uh, is there a regret? <laughs> like, oh, shit. Like, we, we jumped in because it was just like, oh, how perfect. You know what I mean? I mean, we haven't made a single dollar from it yet. Sure. So knowing that we've put a lot of money into it and, yeah, we have people excited about it. But every time we make a new prototype or every time we make an iteration or need to hire the designer or engineer to, you know, make some changes right. or hire someone to make a logo or, you know, and all that all stuff. it's all going through just... this company. Yeah. So we actually so you don't hire a the, separate You don't hire company. the engineer in, individually, right? Uh, correct. Okay. So the, the engineer and the person going to China is like already going to China for other projects. So he's having conversations while there. So we've hired them as just as contractors basically right. to help out and they don't pr- take a percentage of the 
company at all or the idea or anything like that, they only succeed if we succeed. So they want us to keep working with them when it goes to full production and stuff like that. So well, they, why they would you like keep working with them yeah. if it's completed? You know, like, don't you just need them to, like, put all of the pieces in place and then it's like, you're done? So they do a lot of stuff that I don't think Pat or I would be able to do on our own. Their relationships with the Chinese manufacturers over there, um, being able to speak Chinese, right. having the personal relationships with those people so that they don't just take our idea and then mm. go make a knockoff. Mm. Um, what else? Like, all the engineering, all the designs that they're making in CAD software and making tweaks and making recommendations. Oh, they're doing like, all that. Yeah, so yeah. They're, they're doing that. They had a call with us originally to come up with the correct shape and how much weight it should hold and all these other little features, and then they would make prototypes or they'd make drawings and we'd give them feedback. So it wasn't just, you know, make me this prototype right. based on this thing I did. They've helped us develop it all along the way testing materials, fixing problems, all that kind of and stuff. And they don't get a piece of it? No, they're they're paid for their time for their services. For their services. Yeah. yeah. Um do you did you do this all over Skype or are they happen to be local? A few times in person when they were in San Diego for an event okay, or they were at VidCon, but they're in, based in Utah. Oh, yeah. okay. So yeah, it's mostly cuz I I was going to say like how do you on Skype go like, oh, I wish this rubber grip on this was better. And I don't know how do you like, how do you talk to them about that? Yeah. I mean, it's a combination of Skype, them 3d printing us prototypes and sending them to us and us giving feedback and that sort of thing. So it's been a year of developing this. And I saw some of our horrible initial drawings that Pat and I made <laughs> on a whiteboard. Right. It just looks like war of the worlds, you know, like the, like the little oh, yeah, yeah, tripod yeah, 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 looking yeah. things walking around with a camera on top. The new, They're pretty yeah, bad the drawings. Version. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of cool to see it develop from that point and making that prototype yeah. video where I had all the prototypes laid yeah, out on the table was kind of cool. It was like each one of those was almost like a month or two to get to the next one yeah. because of, you know, it probably would have been faster if we were in person or we were full time on this, but this was Part. and still is a side side hustle. And thing. you will consider it a side hustle going forward, right? Yeah, unless this extremely blows up <laughs> in a good way, I don't see it becoming a full time thing. But if it goes really well and as we go into manufacturing, I think it's gonna take a lot more of my time. Yeah. So Caleb, you and Pat are like super well-versed with making money online, digitally, have followings. You've been doing this for like more years than worth discussing. And I'm sure you have plenty of opportunities. Why go into the physical space? Like I would be scared shitless to do it because I know nothing about it. You know, what made you choose this? Like why did you feel like it was the thing to kind of dive into? I mean, I'm still scared shitless a little bit by it because of how expensive it is to get these things made and to see if people are going to even want to back it on Kickstarter, let alone get it in to Amazon or camera stores how, or what have you. How been. expensive? Yeah, I wanted to know that. Can you say? Just just how expensive it's been so far and what it will be to kind of get it to market. I'm just curious um, how expensive million it's been so dollars. far. Yeah. Um, we've probably spent around 20000 so far. So that's in hiring the people to get it made, paying for shipping prototypes products. to get made, yeah. shipping things mm. around, um, design work, setting up legal 
structures to protect it, filing for a provisional patent, all those things kind of added up to about that much in patent. I have split that wow. down the middle to get to get it developed. So if you'd have told me at the beginning, like, hey, like put $10,000 on the table and spin the wheel kind of thing to see if this will work, I don't know if I would have done that. Right. But incrementally, it's just kind of built momentum. And I think the biggest part that's encouraged me is every time we go to an event and we go to VidCon or Craft and Commerce or Vid Summit or any other, I went to NAB where there's like a lot of YouTubers and filmmaker people. Every time I'd show them the next prototype, they'd be excited by it. And then a week or two later, they'd like ping me and be like, so when can I get one of those things? Huh. So if I, if I didn't have that kind of feedback loop, which what? the very first patent lawyer we talked to said, do not show this to anyone. <laughs> get an NDA signed by every single person that you do show it to, yeah. like make sure you get your patent first. And I was like, dude, we're still developing this. I'm showing it to my friends. Like I'm not that scared that one of them's going to go run off with it. And well, you're also putting you it know, on YouTube though too. And then eventually, yeah, putting it on YouTube. So I did file a provisional patent before mm -hmm. I posted anything on the internet and before we went to VidCon. But before that I'd still shown it to five to 10 people. Because, like, how else are you going to get feedback I, on your yeah. idea if you don't show it to them? Also, do you mm -hmm. think, like, how many other people out there are willing to, like, put down that much money and do it as fast as, you, you know, and, and be able to copy the exact same process and, and it be successful? Because there's also a branding issue, too. Like, you know, SwitchPod's a good name. You know, a bad name could make or break that, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, I thought more about, I'm more concerned about a company taking it, like, taking the idea. Oh, like. Like yeah. versus like a person, like you said, oh, duh, who else yeah. wants to go through the hassle of doing all the work that we've done, dedicate like, their lives to man, making your idea? Yeah, what a company? Yeah, just I just think that's some swooping asshole, in like some guy, <laughs> like in his basement, like oh, I'm fucking taking that idea. <laughs> like that's not gonna happen. But uh, yeah, a company shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the YouTube comments you get are kind of funny. Like this will be on Alibaba for four dollars yeah. in like a month, and it's like okay. cool. Like good luck. Marketing. doing what we've done to develop it will be a step ahead the whole time sure. hopefully and they that company whoever doesn't have the relationships that pat and i have developed right. and so it's just putting a lot of energy and effort into that sort of stuff yeah. that you know like the idea is not everything i always have heard that but i've never really thought about it but if we hadn't had worked on all these prototypes and we, if we don't launch it well like it's still not worth anything Sure. And I, the other, the other assumption I had with it too, is like, you're kind of like us in the sense that you're a masochist in a way, like a business masochist where, you know, I, I, dude, I want a physical product. Like I want to have that as in my like portfolio of like things that I've tried on this, on this blue dot we call Tinker Tink. Uh, I want to, I, I've, I mean, I remember like Jason and I talked about doing a physical product of some sort at one point, but I literally, it stopped, the conversation stops there. It stops at like, yeah, that'd be cool. And I don't know the first thing about doing it. And it's just funny that you also were in the same position, but then there was a guy there like, I know how to do all of those things. You're like, well, shit. <laughs> yeah, you just need like one person to agree with you. And then you're like, oh, great. Here yep. it goes. Yep. Yeah. I don't care how much money I want. I want this to exist. I mean, I even when I, even when I see people go through the like, Amazon FBA, you know, they went to Alibaba, they ordered in a knife and then they just like, I, it was a knife. This one guy um, who I talked to, like 
He was like, yeah, I got an, my own knife made. I was like, well, that's fucking cool. You know, like, how'd you do that? He's like, I called the <laughs> Chinese company and they made, they kept making iterations for me and this is what came back. But the price ended up being so high that he couldn't, he wouldn't make a profit on it. So he, he didn't sell it. But I was like, still, I still want that. I still would have paid like a couple hundred dollars for like one yeah. single product that I'm like, yeah, I made that. It's cool. Have you seen the horrible YouTube ads by some guy? I don't even, if I knew his name, I wouldn't even say it, but it's like him sitting in front of a Lamborghini and he's like holding an iron and he's like, I'm going to show you how this iron made me $400,000. You're not talking about about like, Lopez, right? No, it's not. It's not. I know who that is. So it was not him. Uh, there's, I've, I've been seeing more Lopez copies online or on YouTube more often now because I, I see, I saw a guy, he was like, he's like, I'm going to show you in four seconds how I made a ton of money with m- number one dad mugs or something. It was like some dumb mug thing that he yeah. made like millions on. And I'm like, give me a fucking break. Yeah. And so that's all taking something that already exists or already is being made and just playing margins. Like, right. can I buy it for cheaper and like sell it for more in this country oh, okay. and arbitrage and all that kind of stuff. And that never has interest me. No, it's not like, sustainable either. Right. Yeah. But maybe there's also like the segue to me, which flopped when it originally came out. And now everyone's riding around on boosted boards and one wheels and like all these scooters that like use the same exact technology of leaning forward on two wheels and moving. And so like is Segway able to sue those people or are those like, (laughs) I don't think he actually segued off a cliff. Did. Did he? It's in, it's on Wikipedia. Like I I kept thinking I thought that was a hoax. I kept thinking it was a myth too, but it happens to be one of those ones that's true. It's on Wikipedia. I'm not. The, I'm I'm, st- I'm still backing this up. Wikipedia. Yeah. Dean Kamen. Okay. He really did fall off a cliff, or definitely died on a Segway. I don't know. It doesn't say he's dead on Wikipedia. It doesn't. No. Well, wait a minute. The <laughs> inventor, not the CEO. I think it's okay. So the CEO might have. Like, the or, inventor did not. Okay. Somebody did. And I, I, I look, I did the same thing. I'm like, nah, that's like one of those like urban legends. Like there's a, I don't know if this is true either, but like at our airport in Denver, we had this giant blue Bronco. If you've ever flown here, well, you just, we were just, you were just here, right? Like, you're, do you see that like blue Bronco with the glowing red eyes when you're leaving that's the airport? so creepy. Yeah. There's so many like theories about the Denver airport. Yeah. I've gone down that rabbit hole. That, uh, of, like, so that that particular Bronco killed it. It, it collapsed and fell on the artist and killed him. And that's where its insane laser eyes came I from. Yes, so it's like the demon of this man, like just in haunting <laughs> this figure. And yeah, like now it's funny because like, they're doing a bunch of renovations in the Denver airport, and they have this uh, this sign that says like under construction or conspiracy. <laughs> so they like they're like leaning into the to the myth, but yeah. Um, this, yeah, you're right. I, I, dude, I, the scooter thing is, I mean, the scooter thing is super interesting. I just drove one the other day. There's, they're all over Denver. They're super mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, the CEO did die from injuries sustained in 2010 from riding a Segway off a cliff. There you go. It's crazy. <laughs> Don't die by using a switch pod, please. By using your own product, product yeah, basically. In general, yeah. yeah. That's the name of this yeah. episode, probably. Yeah, whoever like bought that knife, don't stab yourself. Please. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, so where, so where are you at right now with it? So right now we have basically the final prototype. Uh huh. And so you're still in prototyping making, stage. 
Yes. Mm. So we're making we made a minor adjustment based on um, trying to make it last longer. So to get into the details, we had basically metal on metal and we were using grease, but over a long enough timeline, grease goes away. away. And so you'd have to like re-grease your, tri- and nobody wants to do that. So no one wants to re-grease these... their tripod. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a fact that right there. Fact. And so we're making a minor modification so that it doesn't need to use grease. Okay. And so technically we have a final prototype, but making one minor modification and then we're trying to get those into key people's hands and we're trying to be in the like behind the scenes marketing phase right now pre Kickstarter campaign. What does that look like? So that looks like working on the Kickstarter video, the page, oh, okay. photos, all that kind of stuff as well as trying to get these prototypes to people to make videos about them that will come out during the campaign. All right. How much does one of these prototypes cost? Cuz I'm imagining it's like a, a run of one. Yeah. yeah, it it is a custom built run of one that's machine made and that sort of thing. So about fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars. Wow, wow per- it's made of aluminum. So it's made of you know MacBook quality aluminum. Right. Custom, each one. Is it a hundred percent recycled making, aluminum? I don't know if it uses the shavings of like okay. things like <laughs> the new Apple, right. the the new Air does or yeah. something. Yeah, I don't know if we're that advanced. Okay. I'm just saying, you could put it on as a marketing thing. Like, we're 100% recycled aluminum, and then put a little asterisk, like, not 100% recycled aluminum at the bottom. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Up to 100%. Yeah, up to 100%, right. Uh, Which includes zero. Right. So, uh, the I'm I'm curious about the Kickstarter thing, because that scares me. Like, that whole... I, I, you know, to some people, they're like, that's how you get it. Like, that's where the money comes from. Like, you do a, everyone has a successful Kickstarter campaign because it seems that way. You know what I mean? Like, I saw, what's the, um, the Ugg Monk dude mm-hmm. with his, Jeff. with his stuff. It's like, dude, I think he did, like, that video was awesome. But I was like, it's this organizer. But he, like, succeeded yeah. like crazy. And I, I bought stuff. I mean, I've, well, I brought back Mystery Science Theater. But that makes sense because, like, there was a huge existing fan base there. Mm-hmm. And then I bought the stag kettle, the um, gooseneck kettle that they came out with. That was cool. But, I again, I thought they, they had an audience already. And I guess that's the, that's what you guys have, right? Yeah. From, from all the research I've been doing on Kickstarter stuff, you either need to have something that's so unique and new that enough people are going to talk about it. Or you need to have some sort of existing audience or people kind of promoting it at the beginning because kickstarter is not gonna you can't pay kickstarter to promote it right no there are plenty of companies that will help you with your campaigns but even those they only really want to help by running ads i've found okay once a campaign is already funded or already successful like there's one i reached out to that was like we'll help you after you've reached like $200,000. And I was like, how do you get to $200,000? Like that's the part I need help with. And there's obviously people that help with those pre-launch stuff as well. So there's plenty of people that want to help with this kind of thing. But to me, I just took the approach of going down the rabbit hole of people that have had successful campaigns kind of in this space, in the camera tech kind of Mm -hmm. space. And there's a smaller portion of those that have done exceptionally well and a few of those have written detailed things about it so 
I met Tom and Dan from Studio Neat at Craft and Commerce earlier this year. Mm-hmm. They gave some really good feedback and advice, but they have a couple blog posts all about how they run their Kickstarter campaign. They even have a podcast. I think it's called Thoroughly Considered, documenting the process of you know how they run their physical product business. Ah. So kind of going through that, um, as well as Moment Lenses. It's like a cell phone lens that you put on your mm-hmm. on your camera on your cell phone. They've had a few really successful campaigns, and they talked about what it what they've done to do that well. So, my wife for the week that I was in like research mode was like, "What do you do? Like, have you done anything yeah, with the right. Kickstarter page, or like, have you made the video?" And I was like, "I'm in like research phase right now. I'm just like trying to figure it all out and learn as much as I can." Right. And I can easily get kind of stuck in that mode, yeah, we, but I kind of just set an end to it. I was like, okay, at the end of this week, I can't research anymore. I've taken all the notes. I've set up my Asana project for all the things we need to do. And now it's just a matter of slowly cranking through all those ideas. And you're going to be doing the video, obviously. Because I think that's the biggest key. Right? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't filmed the video yet. Or scripted it? No. No. No, I have not. Are you planning on a... Because have you noticed by research, doing your research phase, like, like all of the those successful ones in the camera space do funny videos or is that not true? That's a little bit of both. Some of them are funny and quirky. Some of them are really raw and have the actual founders of the people that made it in it. Uh But by like, if you do multiple Kickstarter campaigns by the second or third or fourth, it's like barely shows a person and it like just shows the product and just shows what it can do and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm still going back and forth on what's the best approach Maybe like Pat and I are in at the end or something, yeah. but I think showing the actual thing that people would get first is most important, and showing them why it's different and why they should want it is kind I of what I'm focusing on. That's yeah. all that matters. Like, I mean, if unless they know you specifically, like, why would they care about you? You know, right? They they want this thing that's solving their problem. And what I've seen from other campaigns that use influencers—I hate that word—but influencers that like have big audiences. They'll show those people using it because that is really strong to be like, well, if this person's using it. And so mm. I don't want to misuse footage I've shown. Sure. Or like you, footage of showing but it Barack to people. Barack Obama will be in your video endorsing. <laughs> For sure. There'll be plenty of deep fakes <laughs> yeah, in there. <laughs> <laughs> like, we'll get like people on both sides of the political aisle right. like approving it, you oh, know. Oh, man. That's, that's a, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> use deep fakes to sell your product. I don't think anyone's thought of that yet. No, no. I am uh, Donald Trump, and I approve this message. Oh boy! Yeah, how I <laughs> how I use deep fakes to raise a million dollars is my That's your, upcoming blog post. There you go. Yeah. Oh man, so good. There. Uh, um, yeah, you could because I've seen footage of you showing some people at VidCon, and it's like, yeah, you could just like out of context, you know, throw it in there. But yeah, you don't want to do that. But I will say, yeah, exactly. That, like you're the influencer, quote unquote. Uh, approach is does seem like the best one because I will say that uh, specifically for me like if you you like put out a YouTube video and you like a certain product I will immediately like just trust it right um, Marquez you know if he if he talks about a piece of tech like he can't you know he did this whole bit about the red phone and I was like and he said it was like basically like no and I was like all right mm-hmm. I'm not gonna pay attention anymore and then like yeah. and Peter McKinnon for for like video and fo- film stuff like for sure and his buddy um, I think his name's Matt that does like the other Matty yeah, yeah. 
Like any anytime they put out a video, I'm subscribed to all your channels. And if it's like I basically just trust that lot of people. And if they yay or nay a product, I'm like, I'll look into it. If they nay a product, then it's like I won't. I'll just completely ignore it. And I do think yeah. that, that matters. And sometimes I'll even like if I'm like I was uh like I I bought a new um the video mic pro plus mm-hmm. right with the one that automatically turns on with the camera. So good. Yeah, yeah. I I was like I actually went on YouTube and then searched like vlog Mike Peter McKinnon. And then his like most recent video came up and I'm like, well, oh, that was easy. That was an easy like way to research that and figure it out. Cause I was like immediately trusted that that was a good mic and his videos are thorough, obviously like he does thorough, you know, and same with yeah, like Chase so with many, bags too. I mean, yeah. Yeah. People begin to build this trust of recommending products And to me, this is still like a very interesting world we live in right now where, and I still have to like wrap my head around these thoughts or write them down because I want to put out a video about this kind of position that you get put into as someone on the internet, Uh especially if you're talking about tech or products in any sort of way, shape or form, which I do. I talk about cameras and that sort of stuff. And so when you get to a certain level, companies will come out of the woodwork Mm -hmm. and ask you to do stuff for them. They will ask you to review their products. They'll send you stuff for free. Eventually you could get to the point where people will pay you. Mm -hmm. And I think it just puts someone in a really interesting position about like, what are my ethics and how do I share this with people? And I have a lot of friends and peers that do this very well. They, they will not be paid by a company to do any videos. Mm-hmm. They will accept product for review. Right. So in a way, maybe that's being paid if they went ahead and sold it. Most of them like don't even feel okay selling the stuff that they get. Yeah. Um, so it's just this like very interesting perspective. And I think the common person that's watching something assumes that someone was paid at this point to put a video out about something. I know Marquez had to actually talk about that in a video recently. Yeah. He said, I've been paid two times. One was by Red to show, I think the Raven was like one of the things. Mm-hmm. And another one was maybe by Dbrand to do some sort of project. Yeah. But other than that, he's not been paid to make a video or say a certain thing. Obviously, companies send them whatever he wants because of the exposure that I can get positive or negative at this point, I feel like. And I know he buys stuff too, because he's got to make, he's got to make videos. Yeah. Every time like a new iMac comes out or a new iPhone, he's buys like the top of the line, every color, like, and so just, just putting yourself in the perspective of that person's shoes, they have to become more of an unbiased, like journalist in a way. Right. And I've kind of been thinking about this as YouTubers and as other people on the internet are reviewing products. You, you like are these journalists now. You're not necessarily like right. an entertainer or a YouTuber or something like that. So I think with that comes a different kind of integrity that you have to have. And obviously not everyone has it. There's plenty of people hawking protein powder sure. or whatever else like on the internet so well speaking of which we need to take a break because we have this protein powder <laughs> that we have been i mean i'm glad thank you for the segue <laughs> do you have a do you have a great name for a protein powder like bro smash uh, or like <laughs> uh, it's like what's the what's the one from um fight milk from from always sunny in Philadelphia? Fight milk 
Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting world we live in at this point yeah. where companies can't get your attention through traditional advertising. So now they're going through people you follow on the internet because of the trust that's been built there. And I hope that over time, people just get smarter and smarter about being able to recognize when someone's a huckster on the internet and when they're just shilling out whatever some company's going to pay them to do. I mean, I think just it, that, what does that require? I think everyone just has to be on their toes now because it becomes so commonplace that you're like, you, you find a new way to sniff out the bullshit basically. Yeah, exactly. Or you unfollow the people that are doing it poorly yeah. or because it's going to get you know, annoying illegally. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you have to like put the paid partnership with or right. that, but yeah. that's going to get annoying after a while. Right. When you're like, I promise this is not an ad. I promise, you know, like I don't need to hear that every time I watch a YouTube video. Like, I don't, I don't care, man. Like if you like Squarespace, yeah, that, you like Squarespace, whatever. Yeah. That, that's an interesting thing that I see happening too. Cause I feel that way sometimes that I need to, I know. Well, I always disclose if a company sent me something for free yeah. or what have you, but when they don't, and I just am talking about a product, I almost feel like I you have feel to. feel dirty. I feel dirty, like, even saying, like, no, no, I bought this thing. Or, like, right. just having some sort of disclaimer in every video. But, you're, like you're saying, it kind of, like, gets over overdone. Like, I'm not being paid to say this. Yeah. Or, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's the same with, like, Marquez. Like, I kind of, I trust Marquez, and he doesn't need to say it to me. But when he does say it, I'm like, well, then he's talking to, like, a. I think it sounds like he's talking to a small minority of people in his audience who are like, oh, what the fuck, man? You know, oh, you're just being paid. And he's like, I have to address this now because yeah. a couple of assholes don't trust me. You know the vocal few screw with your I head. Know. You know, like one person says something and you assume that everyone feels that yeah. way. It's just like a... I mean, how are you going to approach that as the company sending the... Oh, sorry, influencer influencer the product like how are you going to i don't know how i'm because we're i i think we're doing we're building a um a product together and i think that that we're gonna have to do the same thing and i feel personally like a shit for like like a shit bag for like walking up to some person who i barely know and going like hey i have this product uh you know i'm not asking you to like make a video or write a blog post about it but like would you at least i even feel bad about asking people to try things yeah it's i think it's a little easier with a physical product and when i'm in a physical location with somebody of course um one of the one of the biggest things that i tried to do when i was at these conferences is definitely show it to people i already knew first and then have them and maybe have them introduce me to somebody yeah um because that always means more than like a fan coming up to whatever influencer and be like, hey, can I show you this thing? Or can I take a selfie totally. or something like that? But you're also holding so, something, right? I mean, you're holding something yeah, too. So it's like, yeah. It's so hold, holding it helps. In front of them. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be a little different depending on what your product is. Sure. But, but going forward from here where I'm sitting at home in my office and it's like, how do I DM someone on Instagram <laughs> right. or like cold email them? So that's why I've been really hesitant about reaching out to people the first time or something. And ideally by the time I reached out, they've heard of it. So I don't have like one of those serial killer walls yep. where I have like pictures and yarn and stuff yeah. about like how people are all connected. But, but in my head, I kind of do know that like, okay, I'm friends with this person and they're friends with that person. Uh -huh. So like 
maybe the next time we're in the same city or maybe I can ask for an email introduction or like all those things I think are really important. And I've done that with like client work mm -hmm. as well of getting getting clients is like, can you introduce me to this person? Or I'm at this conference, I'm going to go talk to them. So it's not like a new thing that I'm doing, but for this in particular, when I'm reaching so high up, I feel like to people that probably get asked all the time yeah. to hawk something or they get YouTubers have videos where they're just open mail because there's so many companies that are just like, Oh, if we could show that to this person and they can talk about right. it, like you said, like right. they've had that, they have that trust already built up. So I think our number one goal with influencers and people that we were trying to work with that can help kind of spread the word and help us market this is making it useful and great for those people. So when we showed it to Casey Neistat at Craft and Commerce, he gave me and Pat feedback on it. And we made changes based on what Casey said because Casey vlogged every day for like 500 days sure. and he's one of the biggest YouTubers out there in the, yeah. in the world yeah. so he has more opinion to me than someone that i show it to and they're like oh this is cool what if he did this yeah. and it's like yeah. you don't use the something like this yeah. every single day so i think it does have a big impact knowing that we came to them first to show it to them mm -hmm. to get feedback and that sort of thing and we didn't and currently haven't asked them to like overly promote it at this point right and knowing even just from my smaller position on the internet, the amount of companies that are trying to take from me, it's the ones that I become friends with and actually hang out with people at the company or I've already bought their stuff and I use it sure. that I'm more willing to to share about their products totally. and services and stuff. So just kind of coming to it with that approach mm -hmm. and sounds being long -term, helpful though, to them. right? Yeah, super long-term. Yeah. Like the short-term would have been like, taking a selfie with Casey when I showed it to him and tweeting it on the internet immediately. Right. You know, that sort of thing. Right. So I'm always Conscious trying to be aware yeah. of playing the long game. You can burn relationships really easily and you definitely don't want to do that no. when someone could potentially be really helpful. Like I really just want someone like Casey or any other vlogger to use the thing. Yeah. Because that's going to sell more in the long run than any sort of endorsement, any sort of video that they publish or sure. review or what have you. Like, if it's something that someone uses and it's and the link below it. every one of their videos, yeah. that's going to sell way more in the long run. So that's what's most important that's to me. That's true. The, um, the partnership. It's just you and Pat and the company? Mm -hmm. is, it, is it its own company? Yeah, it's its own LLC. LLC. And is and what's your split, can you say? It's fifty one forty nine. Okay. Because I I don't think that anything should be fifty fifty. Because you like I agree. Someone has to make the decision at some point. Yep. And so we're fifty one forty nine. Who's fifty one? Who's fifty one? Pat, because he fronted the money <laughs> okay. up front and he's done a lot of the, the legal stuff so as well. What 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 about the work? Like what do you do you guys have like an equal split on the time dedicated to the project and the work that needs to be done? Or it's just sort of like I mean, I don't really keep track of my hours of what I spend on stuff, and you do as a freelancer, right? I actually don't. No. I don't ever charge by the hour. So you just no. do my project. Like very, very rarely do I charge by the hour, and that is like when it's an editing only product Got it. project. When I don't know the scope of what it would be, okay. I don't want my editor to like have to work on it. That makes sense. so much that it's like not worth it. 
So as far as how much work we're each putting into it, or it also do you have roles? Is like we're kind of both fluid at this point on what our roles are. Um, he's been taking care of a lot of the business structure stuff and working with lawyers or accountants and he's been working with the designer to, to work on logo and stuff. And we both give feedback to the team and I've tried to be doing more of the promotional stuff cause I'm more able to take photos and do videos right. and that sort of thing. So that's kind of been the split so far, but we both bring intangibles to this as well. That's not in the typical, like what kind of effort can we put in mm -hmm. between Pat's audience online and my connections in the video space and conferences I have already gone to. Yeah. Like, so we're just kind of, working together in that way. And so you've been doing this for a year and how much time, like if you had to pick a percentage of the amount of like your even brain space has had to go towards this project. What do you, what would you say that is? I would say for the first 10 or 11 months, very low percentage. Okay. Cause you were getting, like, you were waiting basically, right. For prototypes. to come. Yeah. Back. We were waiting. We'd have a call. We'd wait a couple of weeks, see a prototype, wait a couple of weeks, like maybe less than 5% for those months wow. more recently more like probably 20 to 25 percent of my time because you're gearing up for yeah yeah and there'll be weeks like the week right before the kickstarter is probably going to be like 80 to 90 percent of my time will be spent sure. on it so and when's just that? kind of in flow when are you planning that now i mean i know it's it keeps pushing it back because you're trying to make a good product but what are you shooting for now uh right now we're shooting for early december or if we don't hit december or timing with the holidays, then we'll do after the new year. After new year. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's that's scary because you have to. I mean, the launch basically is like if you're hoping for a big launch that pays for the product to get made and it pays you guys back for your investment. And then what about after all of that? Like once that's all said and done, and hopefully it goes well for you. And I, you know, I will, I will definitely be a backer. But what what's the next? What, do you have like plans or you're just kind of like, let's just get past this and then we'll fucking worry about the rest? Well, the, the inter interesting thing about Kickstarter campaigns is a lot of people come to the campaign with a finished product and a bunch of inventory already, yeah. and they're just using it as marketing. Mm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. Like that's part of the world we live in right now. It's a great way to build awareness of some sort of product. But we aren't at that stage. We're not putting up the money to get the manufacturing made. We won't have hundreds or thousands of units available for sale when we launch the Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. So we're doing the campaign to raise the funds to do the manufacturing. Right. One of the biggest things I never really thought about is to make a physical product. What they do is they'll make molds and then you can inject the material you'll be using to the mold and then stamp out, you know, as many of them as you want and all the little pieces and everything like that. And that takes a lot of money to get those the things made. Right, yeah. And if you want them made well so they last beyond a thousand Pressings. switch pods, oh, wow. then you know they, they cost more because they're made of higher material and they are so precise in how they are made. And so that is what's going to cost the most money as well as packaging and shipping these all to people and people that have refunds and all the logistics that become a physical products. And so it's easy for myself in my mind to get so far down the rabbit hole of like, well, what stores do we want these in? And like, where are we going to have a warehouse? But like, yeah, one, one step at a time really <laughs> to like, we got to focus on the Kickstarter campaign, uh -huh. have it do well. If it meets its funding goal early in the campaign, 
maybe we'll start the process of manufacturing a little sooner so we don't have to wait the 30 to 60 days of the campaign to you right. know, then actually get the money mm-hmm. from Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, but just knowing that we will get it, that, we'll yeah, probably you know be it. willing to put the money down and get the manufacturing going a so little faster. So that the people, the backers so. can get their shit quicker. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. and uh, yeah, I didn't even, you know, it's like, I'm just thinking about the product being made. I'm not thinking about the fucking box that comes in, right? That's mm-hmm. a whole nother yeah. thing. Is it, and that's something that, you know, T, who's on the team at Product, yeah. he was like, we should get going on packaging. And I, like, had literally not even thought about it. I was like, can we just, like, ship it yeah, like this? Like, like throw some stamps on yeah. it? Like, wrap it, wrap it in bubble wrap, so, throw it in a cardboard box, like Amazon style? Yeah, exactly. So, but that's part of the experience, too, is when you receive it and opening it. Sure. and yeah. You know, people doing reviews and unboxing. Totally. Yeah, so. yeah, dude, I would not. I mean, I, I would spend months just thinking of that personally and and that's part of what they've been helping us with is they were in china he was at like a packaging plant and he just like went around with his phone and like filmed him opening all these things and i was like we like that not that and you know different shapes and and then they at that factory made a prototype with the foam in it and he brought them home and so it's like those types of things that i would never know what to do on my own i'm not going to go buy a 3d printer i'm not going to like no. make my own boxes or any of that sort of thing or even so, like draw them really like i don't even know how i mean i can do graphic design but i wouldn't know how to do a 3d box mm-hmm. at all and then he sent me the template for the designer to was like okay this is what you would need to design in photoshop so that the label could like fold the right, right. way and like all that kind of stuff and it's just a big part of this has really been being okay with spending money to, to get on people that know what they're doing yeah Wow. Because I think that's one of my biggest hangups in business in general is just doing everything myself mm-hmm. and the limiting aspects of that. And with this, I physically could not manufacture these things on my own. And and, and finding somebody good, too, because you pay for that, right? It's like when mm-hmm. you're first starting out, I mean, what do you get? You know, back in the day, we were, you know, you pay a, you know, somebody in Vietnam to like, you know, crush you like a thousand words or whatever. You pay like 10 bucks. And now, now I'm like, you can't do that anymore. And you should have never been able to do that. But, you know, I feel like times have changed. And, and even like as a, you know, I, the people that I pay, like I pay for top performers, you know, and I feel like that just you get better quality at the end. But, yeah, it costs money to do that. Yeah. What are you paying people to do at this time? I, I just have a ed- full-time editor who does mm-hmm. uh, basically runs Swim University. Mm-hmm. So we and we we used to have. Uh, a full-time right a full-time editor and three writers like uh, you know basically they weren't the, the writers weren't full-time but my editor was so yeah yeah and it's like that and and we've tried i mean we've tried to hire well you well, i mean well andrew you hired like people to do code for you that were relatively inexpensive right but you know what you're doing i mean i feel like you're the editor at the top right i feel like the hard thing is like you it's really hard to hire people for things you don't know how to do Right. Because you can't really tell, like, should this take a week? Should this take a day? How do you, like, correct them? And it's like, I could do it myself, and so then I can actually hire those people. And then I have to do things I'm, like, not good at, mm-hmm. you know, or not as good at. Yeah, that's where the dilemma always came down to with me was, like, if I don't know how to do something, it's easy to hire someone. But, like, I could do my own accounting. Like, I worked in finance at a big company. Yeah. Like, I could figure it out. But... I shouldn't be doing it. Right. And that was where the big distinction came from. And so that's when I finally hired an accountant. And 
they could actually keep me more. But then how do you, well, you could. Like legal. And right. Like, but that, that sort of like thing. you hired an accountant. Like I have an accountant too, but like, how do you know that that's the right accountant? You know, you could probably look at your books and go like, okay, they're not fucking them up or something. Right. But like, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know if my account was like, yeah, yeah. just do that. X this, but I've been, he's my personal account has been recommended to me by like a bunch of people. So I was like, okay, that's the vetting process. Right. And I think same. Yeah. Personal introduction of someone that had a similar business to mine. Exactly. And I think with the, yeah. the product people, I think it's interesting that, you know, they've done their vetting, right? Because they, they're a team. So like somebody at the top of that company vet it, like the designer and the packaging guy and the whoever, whoever else is involved in, in the whole thing. So it's like you're basically putting all of your trust into one entity rather than like hiring like and piecemealing individual like things that you need done as fast as possible. Yeah, I think it's it's a matter of determining what I can do and what I should do mm-hmm. and then what I can't do. And like the can do and can't do, those should be things that you hire other people, like when you can afford to do it. Yeah. You know, for a while, for phases, you're just going to have to do it all on your own. And then the should do is the stuff that you'll be spending your time doing. You, but I still so, fall into the camp of like doing things I shouldn't be doing. Right. You'd mentioned like uh, getting a warehouse, yeah. stuff like that, which I had not even considered. Yeah. Or even like an uh, e commerce site. If, if you do well, like, is your like life as you know it kind of over because you have to either <laughs> box things or pay someone to like box things? Like, how does that even work? Well, I, I imagine you can't drop ship a product that you've made yourself. I mean, there are some things we're looking into to actually ship worldwide from China potentially, which would be great because then it could just be made and warehouse there and then shipped anywhere. And you could send it to um, Amazon and they warehouse yeah. it. Yeah, the other option would be. Amazon or, you know, maybe going down the physical store route, but the Studio Neat guys, they don't do anything other than Amazon and their own fulfillment through, I think they use Shopify. Yeah. Pretty much everyone nowadays uses Shopify from what I've found for that sort of thing. And they have a company that has them all in a warehouse somewhere and Shopify is a company that uh, that Studio Neat has a company that they use, a, a third party logistics company. Um, it's called a 3PL and they like help with the, the shipping of a product, the storing it, they handle returns and that sort of thing. So you don't have to do it. But the, the first time studio neat did a Kickstarter campaign for the glyph, which was this little iPhone holder that you could screw to a tripod. They actually 3d printed them all. It's like, Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's the new version The they 3d printed them all themselves and they package them all themselves and mail them all themselves. And then it's like, you do that once and you're like, never yeah, again done, yeah. am I doing <laughs> it this It sounds thing. insane. Yeah. yeah. So they have like time-lapse videos of them like packaging 5,000 of these I can see that being fun like, yeah. once. Once, you know, it's like, yeah. Oh, let's all get together. We'll like, we'll drink beer. We'll like do all this. Like I can, you know, I, I, I often like think about like breweries when they like have special releases and they're like dipping the wax. And I'm like, I could, I would mm-hmm. do that once. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun. The one time in your garage when you have to do it. Right maybe for the first hour and then the next 28 hours are horrible. Yeah. And so, so I don't know. I don't know what's, what kind of form this will take. You know, the various paths I see are we have our own online shop. There's a warehouse of them. We work on new iterations, designs, sizes, colors, who knows what mm-hmm. we could maybe sell it to somebody. That's part of the reason why we got the patent and we're being so 
diligent about that upfront about getting the business made and stuff in case maybe it it goes really well and we don't want to do it anymore. Right. And so we go to shop it around and see if someone else wants it. Maybe we take on investors so we can have more product ideas or more things made. Like I don't, I don't really know necessarily the exact path it'll take just kind of have ideas and I'm kind of open to seeing what happens. Are you building this with the thought that like highly likely you're going to sell it or are you building this kind of thinking like this is going to be made, it's going to work and this is going to be the thing that I'm going to do and iterate on for like the rest of my life, you know, or is it like, I mean, I don't think I'll be making tripods for vloggers for the rest of my life. Um, Because there won't be vloggers or because you won't (laughs) want to do it. I don't. I don't know if I would want to be in the physical product space okay. forever. I just. I don't. This I kind of stumbled into. So yeah. I don't know. I could come up with more ideas, and we've talked about other things we might make. Yep. But I think where I see it going is really focusing on the launch, seeing how well the launch can do, fulfilling it to our first group of customers, and then at that point being like, okay, what do we want the next kind of phase to be? Do we want to make an updated version because it went so well? Do we yeah. want to sell this idea? Do we want to do something entirely different? I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know yet. I mean, something I'm thinking about too with what, you know, Andrew and I are getting into is like, I, I feel like for the first time, and I don't know where you were before all this took place, but like, I kind of feel like I got it figured out a little bit. Like, I feel like, all right, cool. Like I'm, I'm doing my, my businesses. Like I know who I hire. Uh, I can kind of relax and like focus on like more life, things not that i've neglected those things but uh and then it's like you know you get that itch again or somebody approaches you with something you're like yeah i'm gonna fucking do that too i'm gonna do that now (laughs) and then you're just like did i just add something to my plate that i shouldn't have because like i'm old or is it inevitable or like, what is like, cause I, I am in the same situation where it's like, I don't know what happens after all of the things. Right. And it's like, you know, it could be a hundred percent of my time is like focused on this thing because it demands it or, you know, or do, are you sort of like, have you gotten to a place where you're just like tempering it as it, as it happens? Well, I think that it's really easy for someone like me to get caught up in the expectations and to look to see where this thing could go. Cause you have your and, own businesses. You have your own business. Right. right. One. Yeah. Right. So it's like, how do you balance that? Or do, or do you just play it by ear? Well, to me right now, knowing how much time and energy and work I'm going to be putting into the Kickstarter campaign and that sort of thing, I've kind of, slowed down with the other part of my business a little bit but i'm also launching something that is something i can do from home so it's more on the digital side of my business versus the client side of the business so that i have cash flow for the months during the campaign and i don't have to like scramble and figure out how to like keep money coming in so very purposefully slowing down one part of my business trying to accelerate another part that gives me the more of the freedom and flexibility that I've been wanting to do for a while so that I can spend more time on the Kickstarter campaign and on the marketing of this thing. So it's really a, I was like, you have so many levers you can pull at any time in your business and like timing them, I think is really important yeah. to not collapse. Right. <laughs> do your other businesses not 
give you like soul crushing guilt when you ignore them? Interesting. Soul crushing guilt. I would say, I mean, not like, you know, die if you don't work on them, but like, I feel like if I step away from something mm-hmm. for some amount of time, like I, I it's just going to go to shit. You know, I have to nurture. Mm. Yeah. I, I would say I really only have two businesses. I have, the client side business where I make videos for people. Mm-hmm. And then I have the digital side of my business, which is making YouTube videos, my courses, affiliate income, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So I'm kind of dialing down the client side a little bit. And I don't feel like I'm neglecting anyone that's already paid me or anything sure. because that work has been done or when they get back to me, it'll be done. Right. So I'm not like turning that down to zero, but this is also the time of year around the holidays reason, that yeah. stuff just slows down for my client mm, work sure. like every year it just slows down at this time so yeah. this year we're trying to react to that a little bit by increasing the digital side of the business to help bridge that gap through the end of the year and give me more time and freedom to travel around and get the switch bot into people's hands mm-hmm. and market it a little bit how much time are you giving yourself time for switch what pod. like during the ramp up stage like you know three months or longer? I mean, I've been kind of working, I would say almost half time on SwitchBot stuff for about a month yeah. now. And a lot of that has been research. A lot of it is like planning what potential PR sites could we be on, how to do the right. perfect Kickstarter page and video and like all this rabbit hole stuff that is now in Asana and I have to actually execute on. Yeah. But I'll probably spend the next month ish doing that as well of actually making things. So making the page, making the marketing, flying them or driving the switch pod to people to make videos with them. And then going into the campaign, that's going to be another 30 to 60 days of full on, just like trying to stay on top of any messages, any opportunities we might get anyone reaching out. Right. So I mean, it's going to be a, a three to four month thing yeah. to to get it out there. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, I have um, 360 subscribers on my YouTube channel, so I'm happy to do a product review and, and influence the hell out of it. What's Ian. your What's your influencer fee? Uh, look, it depends on the product and how much I how I feel about it. <laughs> but I'd say like I don't get out of bed for under ten thousand. You know, so okay, yeah. okay, ten thousand. What you didn't specify? Like uh, gummy dollar. bears, <laughs> dollar. dollar. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, I, I'll, uh, I'm a little bit what, of a freak. Let me know your address. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> 69 Boner Court. No, it's just stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Um, cool. Uh, I don't, I think that that's pretty much it. I, I, what do you, are you, because this is going to come out Monday. So, like, do you want me to push it back? Do you want, like, do you want to tell anybody, like, a specific website, the Kickstarter? Did you have any of that, like, set up yet? I mean, we just have a website that's collecting emails at this point. Okay. So if people go to switchpod.co, that would be the best place to find out more. You can hop on the email list. Emails come from me directly about the development of it and when we'll be launching. So that'd be the best way to find out about it. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, dude, I wish you luck with it because I'm definitely going to back it when you, when you, I'm on your email list. I'm sure I'll get an email and I'll just be like, (laughs) back it. Even though I'm not much of a vlogger. Uh, I, like honestly, this thing makes me like film more. 
like just having my camera on it yeah. and like being able to just like pick it up and go and then like set it down. Yeah, I I mean it I'm, makes it like more willing to do it. Yeah, I'm planning on doing more videos uh, outside for uh, Brew Cabin once I'm like once I have some free time, uh, and mm-hmm. so like yeah, that's why I bought the Joby. I bought the Joby for like to set up on my desk real quick to do Money Lab videos. And I've, I've yet to use it because I've just been like busy with other stuff. But yeah, I mean, I would like to have something that's like even faster than that. Cause like that thing, honestly, kind of sucks because you got to like <laughs> position it every time the right way. And it's not something you can just throw down and go like, oh, it's level. Yeah. Just like the time it takes to, it's the frustration of using yeah, it that like keeps me from using it. Yeah. And like I'm a perfectionist. So like getting it perfectly straight, yeah. like every knob, yep. like perfectly straight. And I I've never wrapped it around a tree or anything. Neither have I. Like which is what they marketed. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like I don't I would never do that with my camera, I don't think. No. So. Like how many people are wrapping things like what are you doing? Like what are you what are you filming? What could you possibly be filming? I'm worried. I mean, we've we've asked that with people. Like they're like, Oh, but you, you can't like wrap it around a tree. I was like, Have you ever wrapped it around yeah. the tree before? <laughs> have you ever done that? And yeah. they're like, No. Well So yeah. All right, cool. We'll see. Well, thanks for coming on, dude. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having yeah. me. All right. Well, I hope you liked that. Hope you enjoyed that. I'd be honest with you, I have nothing to say. <laughs> no, I just like love how later. you do like breaks on Listen Money Matters or how you stitch us together. Like, yeah. your approach is fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to come back because it's yeah. just, we just took a two second, we just stared at each other for like a second and we're like, oh, we're back. <laughs> the power of editing. You're like, oh, you stopped the file. Oh, my God. You're making my life miserable. And we're back. (laughs) And we're back. So anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, Look, thank you, Caleb, for coming on. Appreciate it. Enjoy the chat. I am super interested in physical products and also don't want to get into them, but then some days want to get into them. I'm kind of all over the place. So you should go um, to check out SwitchPod. I am definitely going to be a backer. So. Uh, I, 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 more, more as a support mechanism, but also I would probably use it. I'm not really you, a vlogger, uh, not really a vlogger, but I could see you vlogging while podcasting. <sighs> I, I, I am a, I'm actively against vlogging. So v- vlogcaster. No. no. Yeah. Vlogcaster. Mm. Video blog. You know, it's, it's not like the beginning of YouTube where that was like, oh my God, this is like, yeah. it, it's been, it, you know, I think like vlogging still happens, but it's like much more elevated than the yeah. original. I like the tripod ex- aspect, aspect of SwitchPod. Oh, yeah. I yeah. certainly use that. Um, so, yeah, you should definitely check it out. Like, kudos to them for actually making a physical product. And like, I, it's really cool that they do all the prototyping and stuff. That That is... I would enjoy that process. Mm. Uh, selling it, I don't know. I don't know how much I would enjoy that. Kickstarter, oof. Seems Maybe like one day, dude, as an experiment. But you, you got to be into that stuff. Like, I, I feel like we do things that are a lot of work and painful in other ways because mm. it just depends how you like your pain. Yeah, I want to thank Thomas Frank, our old friend Thomas Frank, for my middle name, Disco Explosion. At Tom Frankly via Twitter. He, that's where he sent it in Twitter. So mm. even though he uh, lives down the street, he he's still a, has to send it in. He's via a big rule media. follower. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Why? Why do you say that? Oh, I thought that was the only way to submit um, middle names. Oh, no. It's, uh, no. 
No. If you uh, if you have questions or topics you want to talk about, you want us to talk about on the show in the future, you can email me, matt at moneylab.co. And, you know, when you do email me, send me a middle name suggestion. I am putting, anytime somebody emails me, they usually send me a middle name and they're, and they're just in Asana ready to go. So I am always open to trying new middle names out. If you like this show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Player FM, Spotify, or wherever you normally listen to podcasts. And when you do, leave a review because those are fun to read and they make me feel good with or without pants. And if you really like this show, tell your friends about it. That's the best thing you can do is literally go up to your buddy or your pal or your friend or whoever and say, hey, have you heard about this show? Money Lab's so great. <laughs> I'm <You're>... Kermit's frog. <laughs> the, the talents you have are just... I know. Dude, I, look, you, I bet you didn't even know who was talking right now. You were I like, actually... Henson back from the dead? Was, <laughs> what is happening? Watching you do that, I couldn't believe that noise was coming out of your face. Yeah. <laughs> if you... Oh, I like to show money that. <laughs> yeah. oh, you should check it out on the podcast. That's a podcast. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. Point them to your favorite episodes. Just just, just go, you know, say that to your friend. Point them to your favorite episode or sodes, whatever, and hopefully they'll become a subscriber. And that'll mm. be great for everyone. But more for us. But also you, maybe. But probably for us. So uh, that's it. That was easy. Yeah, bye, Andrew. Later. All right, thanks for listening. Say bye. Please tell your friends about this show. (laughs) 